Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I absolutely love the start to AEW Dynamite remember the last time they did something like this. Because there was no pyro, there was no commentators, there was no nothing, except we were outside when we saw the Young Bucks headed to a local medical facility. So what happened? Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega were also out there fretting when the cowboy got into the local medical facility wagon and he went off with these two as Kenny Omega obviously had to stay because he was in the flipping main event. Here you go, all the people crazy on the internet, stories, narratives, angles. We are going to get so many of these later. So let's not even stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. That's right. I'm giving it up. I was so damn intrigued. Also, hello, welcome to Ups and Downs, the wrestling review show. This intro makes no sense because I've already started upping or downing, but you can figure it out. Some bored idiot comes into your house or your living room, wherever the hell you are, and I shout my wrestling opinions at you, and everyone thinks it's a little bit too much. Subscribe. And then we got a match, and it was Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting taking on the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. I watched this like I was some kind of proud dad. I love everyone. Because Sting is just my hero. And given that Darby Allen and Sting love to paint their face, Orange Cassidy had also done his, but he had put absolutely no effort into it. This is why he's the absolute best. We also had a reason for this, because after the AEW house show, the Butcher and the Blade had found Orange and Darby and basically killed them like they were in a corridor and they were slamming their heads into the concrete. And rather than somebody phone the police and go, uh, this was attempted murder, instead we're just going to have a match. But I can only assume that the Butcher and the Blade were so mad because they closed their shop that night, their butcher business, and they weren't able to be victorious, which would be annoying. And basically, throughout all of this, not only did we have Orange doing all his silly stuff with the pockets and the kicks, which I also enjoy, but Sting was basically no-selling everything, even when the butcher was whooping his ass. And I know, I don't like this, it's not very realistic, I'm sorry. Sting is the icon, and even though he's just turned 64, I hope we do this forever. The tag clacks and then went off early, huh? Because everybody was in the ring fighting. And when Kip Sabian was going to do something to Sting off the top rope, the Stinger, <laughs> borrowed a page out of Orange Cassidy's books, because he just slowly rolled to the corner, and he tagged in his son, Darby Allen. Oh, wait, I've got ahead of myself there. He actually did tag in Cassidy. The reason I love this so much is because, of course, usually in a tag team match, you do the hot tag, but because it was the piece of fruit, it was more like a quite literal lukewarm tag. 
that if we could just get some kind of award and give it to these individuals, I would massively appreciate it. And he did run into the butcher and the blade who absolutely murked him because now they were super duper pissed off. But you could already figure this out. We then did get the hot tag. It was distinct. He just went wild. He's almost 70 years old. He really doesn't make any sense. He also got the Scorpion Deathlock onto Kip Sabian, but this is when the Butcher and the Blade were back making the save. Because I bet they were like, if we get this done early, we can finally go back to the store and make some money. And by the time Alan had basically taken everybody out with a double coffin drop, Orange was able to hit the Stun Dog Millionaire. And Sting was like, sorry Kip, I'm going to hit you with the Scorpion Death Drop. He did that. One, two, three, success. Orange and Sting then had fun with their glasses as Darby kind of stared at the double or nothing banner like this was WrestleMania. He was feeling the gravitational pull. But given that right after this, we did get a video for the Four Pillars and the AEW World Championship, I guess we are going to do that multi-man match when we get to the pay-per-view. That should be damn interesting. I'm taking all of this and I'm putting it in a love package. Sounds absolutely terrible. What a ton of fun. We then got another video talking about Kenny Omega versus Vikingo. And don't worry, I had my pitchfork too going, there's no story here, but it's a story. You know, there is some story. And all of a sudden, Excalibur told us, I just got a text message from Brandon Cutler. Now, this wasn't some weird update on his messaging habits, although I suppose it is nice to know what's going on with Excalibur's life. But he was telling us that as far as Brandon is concerned, the reason Matt and Nick Jackson are in the hospital, (coughs) local medical facility, is because of... the Backball Combat Club. So while you can't be that surprised, I think this may be a ruse, and I think this may be a tease. We start to plant the seeds on this AEW. Maybe a mega comeback could be on the cards. (laughs) That's just me being a massive geek, but I like being a massive geek. I really do think somebody was trying to make a massive point about stories on this evening, because it was time for our AEW World title tag team match. Got that completely wrong. As the guns were taken on top flight. Because throughout all of this, it was like narratives just threw up on you. Blah, shouldn't have made the noise. And of course, to start with, Darius and Dante Martin looked at each other and said, should we just go at 100 miles per hour? And the other one went, yes. That's what they did. And Dante absolutely loves springboarding and he's like a pogo stick. He's all over the place. But I think the guns must have been studying this because at one point, Colton just cut him off and threw his neck over the top rope. And look, even if I take my hand and put it here, looks what it does to my voice. So imagine you did that on a flipping top rope. It's disgusting. Austin was also casting distractions, so these guys know what they were doing. And because of this, they just beat up Dante for a while. I was genuinely worried before I remembered I was watching a wrestling tag team match. Because of course, Darius soon got the hot tag. And basically, instantly, he hit a Spanish fly. But this is a perfectly easy thing to do. But he didn't see Austin coming after the blind tag. And when Dante returned, he went for the nosedive, but he got cut off again. Darius spied this from afar, and he was like, well, it is 2023 wrestling. Maybe me hitting a dive will help, and it did do, because Dante then got the nosedive, and my word, what a nip for this was. Colton broke it up at 2.99999 a bit. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett then ran down to try and beat up Top Flight, because of all places, they're feuding a ring of honor. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to stories. You can see where this was going. Even though Dante kind of did a good job in getting rid of them. He got back in the ring. He got hit with the 310 to Yuma. The guns retained their flipping belt. So that was storytelling number one with storytelling two right around the corner. Because straight away, FTR's music hit. Everybody went crazy. And they came to the ring and were basically like, listen, you fools. He's title shot. Now the guns went nuts here because they were like, there's nothing you can do. 
and there's nothing you can say, we are never going to give you a shot at these championships. Now, if it was me, I'd be like, look, I'll buy you ice cream for the rest of your life. And they definitely wouldn't have agreed. But when we had gone through a few things, eventually Cash and Dax went, I, I tell you what, if you do beat us, we will quit AEW forever. Oodalali. Now, of course, Austin and Cole accepted straight away, and then they pff, spat in FTR's face. So Daddy Ash should find them and teach them a lesson in respect. But this is actually quite smart, because once again, if you are a nerd like me, you know that Dax on his podcast for ages has been talking about the fact that maybe, just maybe, they are leaving AEW in April. What's the day today? It's like March 23rd or something like that. So now I'm actually confused about what's going to happen here. Do the guns retain or are FTR leaving? I mean, look, this is a pure hardcore wrestling angle, but I am a hardcore wrestling fan, so what do I care? So it's got me super intrigued, which of course is a little bit more powerful than being normal intrigued, and it wears a cape. And speaking of all that, I thought this would be a great time to reintroduce the fan forum where I read through your comments see what you're thinking about the show. So this one is from Fred299 who says, Simon, you biased a-hole. How much is Tony Khan paying you to review Dynamite? All you do is give it up. Right, so here's the thing. I'm sick and tired. And people message me like this. Do you really think every single Thursday I go, ring, 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 or hey, Tone, what's going on? He says, make sure you give everything and up. And here's a bag of cash. No, and here's the truth of the matter. If he did do that, or Vince McMahon did that, or Triple H did that, I would do it. I would take the cash, and I would give it a bunch of ups. And then I'd come on here, and I'd tell you, man, I'm making my bag. There you go. Freddie Paquette was then backstage interviewing Mark Sterling, Layla Gay, and Drake Cargill. I was like, wait a minute, I should have mentioned this last week. When did Mark Sterling get back with Jade? I thought she had banished him. Anyway, the reason for this is, of course, because Taya Valkyrie has come to AEW and she's using her version of the Jaded. So Mark, being a lawyer, was like, this is a cease and desist. You better stop using it, otherwise we will sue your ass. I'm not sure that's a thing, but hey-ho, there you go. When Cargill was like, listen, I do have this legal document, and I'm going to go to Rampage, and I am going to present it to Tyre in person. If I was Valkyrie, I'd just be like, well, I won't turn up to Rampage, and I don't have to worry about it. I think Rene then mentioned that the next match was going to be Stokely Hathaway versus Hook, and Jade's crew laughed. But my word, little did they know. Because yes, it was this contest... And I'm just going to be completely honest with you. It was the absolute greatest moment of my life. I mean, for starters, when Stokely Hathaway came out, he was introduced like, well, he's not as big as his friends, but he has the heart of an owl. And I was like, oh man, this guy is just so damn good. When he got in the ring and he got on the microphone, he went, look, sad news. I talked to Dr. Simpson, even though his name's Dr. Sampson, and I have to retire. Also, announcer Justin Roberts, come here. Here is my official medical documentation. Justin was like, this is a receipt from Wingstop. This was a total failure because Hook just grabbed him and suplexed him on the floor. When he also went under the ring, he found Barry Barricade, like an extra part of Barry Barricade, and he put it in the squared circle. I was like, what is going on? So now the Barry Barricade actually gets used and is making more money. Well, we'll leave that alone. But the backup Barrys are being used as weapons. This is out of control. This actually gave Hathaway some time, so he did get a fire extinguisher, and he sprayed it in Hook's eyes. And that spot always works. All the fans went, oh, man, I can't believe it. When he also got a chair. I was like, what the flub are you going to do with that? Because, of course, Hook got it instead, and he just whammed Stokely, and then Hathaway also went through this extra Barry Barricade. I was like, no one's out here getting Aaron the Accountant when he's doing his calculating, are they? So why are we doing it with Baza? When he locked in the red rum for the easy win... 
Flung me sideways, this was entertaining. We also kept cutting to the back when the firm was watching on. They had some great lines, including when it did get hardcore. And they're like, oh man, we didn't train him for a hardcore match, even though the rules were no DQ. You also saw Matt Hardy trying to like G up Ethan Page to go win the FTW title. So I suppose we'll be doing that next. And actually, Ethan Page should probably win. But this was so damn entertaining, it did make me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. And I get not everybody likes this, and that's totally cool. But I felt the smile on my face, and I looked out the window, and everything just seemed a little bit brighter. So thank you, my friends. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Which brought us to Adam Cole. Now, I would never wish what he had to go through on anyone, and it was absolutely horrible, But if there is some kind of a plus, he came to the ring and my word, he is just the most over guy ever. Everybody loves him because everybody feels, I suppose, sorry for him because he did have to go through this. So now here's what we should do. Build him up, build him up, build him up. Get him a bunch of wins, get to the end of the year. And then he should become the AEW champion. He also told us that he's never been so ready to have a match and he can't wait to be back. But we just need to know who his opponent is going to be. He got interrupted by Daniel Garcia. He mocked Cole by saying that it's story time with Daniel Bebe and that he has so much respect in the back in the locker room that he's basically a locker room leader. Make me chuckle, he gets it. It's also why he's here too, because while it's great that Adam Cole is coming back, he spent nine months playing video games, whereas Garcia was beating the likes of Brody King, he was beating the likes of Brian Danielson, and he was beating the likes of Ricky Starks. 
True. He also told Adam that he needs to respect him as a wrestler when he caught himself and was like, <laughs> I mean sports entertainer. So maybe we're going back to that storyline and we probably should. This is when Cole grabbed the microphone and just went off on this guy. He was like, yeah, you could be great and maybe one day you will do, but your problem is the company you keep you're running around with the Jericho Appreciation Society, and not only are they a bunch of goobers, but they provide you with a security blanket. It gives you a false sense of security, and do not forget that I have traveled the world winning world championships, so if you do want to take me on next week, first time ever, I will end you. He then said boom and just dropped the mic, and somehow that was the most like cool thing you've ever seen in your life. And we are going to do this in seven days. And given that Daniel Garcia is just coming off a win over Brody King, he can lose here and everything is going to be fine. But more important than that, I bet these two bring the fire. Quite excited about this. Up. I also do have to mention that during this segment, a massive sign went up that said, Simon, give me an up. It was genuinely hilarious. My word, I loved it. So of course you do get an up, and I also want to present you this sign that somebody sent me on Twitter that did appear on camera for around about eight milliseconds once again. I now get to sit down for the rest of the day and just be like, damn, everyone is so flipping nice, and I like nice because it's nice, and you're all nice, up. Alex Marvez was then talking to Kenny Omega and Don Callis about the events from earlier, and quite clearly Ken was a little bit worried as you would be. Don was trying to explain that it doesn't matter because he said Michael Nakazawa and also Kenny Omega has his first singles match in ages at AEW later. Take it on for Kingo. This is actually a good thing because he can focus on that. He also mentioned how this could change the world but just go and look at Omega's face. He clearly wasn't happy with the way Tom Gallis was acting and when we get to the end of the night, well just you wait and see. Which brought us to Stu Grayson versus John Moxley. Talk about matches I didn't think that were going to happen in 2023, especially because at the start of the year, Stu Grayson wasn't even with a company. And now, sure, at first, was this a little bit clunky? Yes. And did they kind of come across like they were on different pages? Yes, they did. But they then reset. I think they were aware of it. And all of a sudden, they clicked. I thought this was a damn good match. I'm still pretty sure Box got annoyed about this early on because he picked up a chair and just hurled it when he got in the ring. He just started to suplex Stu Grayson. I was like, man, there's a bit of stink on those. He also sent Stu into Barry Barricade. This is what happened to my body. I just went all limp because I'm like, man, how am I supposed to help this man? I'm out of ideas. When he really laid in a beating, John Moxley crazy. Grayson then got bored of this story, came back with a massive slam and a springboard sent on it, just as he was finding his feet. Of course, Wheeler Utah casted distraction. That old chestnut. Given that the Dark Order and the BCC were at ringside, this led to strong looks from both sides. But this is when Stu Grayson took out the Blackpool guys with the moonsault, as Moxley did the same with the Dark Order with a dive. I was like, that'll do it. Stu then busted out of 450, and I was on the phone to the police, like, where did that come from? And when Jonathan kicked out of that and Grayson went for nightfall, all of a sudden, John just somehow locked in the bulldog choke, and he was also smacking Stu Grayson right in the head. Makes me feel all oogly boogly. It actually looked like Stu was going to go out here, but all of a sudden he did fire up and he hit this massive cannonball and a huge kick. But then he made the terrible mistake of going to a top rope. So Mox is like, all right, I'll come up there. And he hit an avalanche death rider. And I'm sorry, he was never kicking out of that. One, two, three, done. I was really pleased to see Stu Grayson back though. And look, there's more here. It's not the last we've seen of the club from Blackpool. Renee was then with Ricky Starks, who was all mad at Juice Robinson for ruining his life and ruining his vacation. To the point, no more words, show up on Rampage, we can get this done. Now, I may be reading into this, but this just feels a little bit weird. Because Juice 
did deck Ricky Starks, then they did some talking, then they did some talking, and now they're going to have some kind of interaction on Rampage. And it all just feels a little bit meh, given that Ricky Starks is coming off two wins over Christopher Jericho. So it's very much a wait and see, because at the moment I don't know, and I'll need to see what happens in this encounter. But am I confused? No. I mean, yes. See? Confused. We then had more QTV after this. What a world. The whole posse was laughing at the fact that Penta was nowhere to be seen last week after powerhouse Will Hobbs did defeat his brother Phoenix. When all of a sudden Aaron Solo made a reference to hacking the Observer Twitter (laughs) and then making a bunch of references about hotels. Now yes, this is talking about Dave Meltzer's Twitter which did get hacked and as always people are going, it's too niche, it's too niche. But if you know it's too niche, it means you know what is going on. So this was for you. Just enjoy. It was one line in a two-hour show. It doesn't matter. Also, it made me go, hee-hee-hee. We then found out it is going to be Hobbs versus Penta for the TNT Championship on Rampage. And we should do this with the TNT title. We should just do match after match after match on Rampage. Because then you can make it a thing. And when something becomes a thing... It's a thing. Some people ask why I'm not a poet. Now, I see people melting down about these QTV sets and saying they're so annoying. That's the point. (laughs) They're trying to be annoying and they genuinely are obnoxious. That's why I like them. (laughs) They're so good at pushing buttons. I'm giving it up. And then Tony Storm beat Sky Blue. I was a bit like, haven't we already seen Tony Storm beat Sky Blue? I kind of feel like every single week, Sky Blue has to take on one of the outcasts. And she loses. So she is going to have to ring up Miss Jackson and get help from her. Although in the early going, she was doing well. Because not only did she hit a face buster, but she hit a drop kick to the floor. The problem being, Soraya was out there and Ruby Soho was out there. And as soon as they saw Sky Blue, they were feeling green and they beat her up. Fair play to Sky though, because she started throwing bones in Ruby Soho's direction. That just meant Tony Storm was able to swap it and she dropped her onto the floor. And I was like, are we going to have to do this? Are we going to have to introduce Freddy Floor? Even I think that's one step too far. I don't want to do it. Sky still knew what to do because she went for the code blue, which is basically a code red, but she calls it a code blue because her name is blue. But given that Tony Storm didn't want to be hit by that, she went for a DDT and she got it. But when she went for the Sweet Chick music, Sky Blue actually got out of the way. That's like damn right. No one does that. It also meant she did hit the code blue when Ruby, Soho, and Sarai were casting distractions. So Sky actually had a pin over Tony Storm here. I was yelling at my television, oh my gosh, referee didn't see it. It then allowed Storm to hit the sweet cheek music, followed by a German suplex, that's today. Before finishing it off with Storm Zero. Damn it, I like this Sky Blue. We then carried on the angle, because of course the outcasts were going to beat her up, when Rio and Willow Nightingale ran to the ring. <laughs> they had still pipe. <laughs> Once again, I was like, Somebody can call the police here. You're not allowed to run around threatening people with pipes. So I think at one point we are going to have to add more bad guys to this mix. But otherwise, this is ticking along nicely. And we're planting those seeds up. We then had more hurty sadness because we were backstage with Stu Grayson when the BCC turned up again and they absolutely killed him. So what was this? A backstage attack. What happened at the start of the show? A backstage attack. Much like a telltale game. AEW wants you to remember that... This is definitely going somewhere. Which is when we got to our main event, and seriously. Now, I actually think there was story here, but even if you're one of these people that's going, no story, no story, who the flub cares? Because Kenny Omega got in the ring, the Kingo got in the ring, and they did a match so crazy and so nuts, 
I laughed the entire time because I was like, what is happening? How is it happening? Who are these two wrestling aliens? I mean, if I was Gravity, I would sue AEW because they just made me irrelevant. And before the bell even rang, the Kingo was just doing all of these dives that were absolutely crazy. I was like, how is he doing it? I don't understand. For some reason, I put my hands on my face. The Kingo then continued to make things up in front of our eyes, including this Hurricane Rana that I don't think I've ever seen before. When he hit a shooting star, pressed off the apron, and he hit this springboard 450. This was my face. I just didn't know what was going on. Omega actually turned the tide by throwing the Kingo into Barry Barricade, when he also did a monkey flip on the ring apron. And I checked this, that's the hardest part of the ring. It also led to this happening, because Kenny Omega had set up a table. He was like, ha ha, I'm gonna go throw Vikingo through it. When Vikingo launched himself back into the ring, he then kicked Kenny Omega in the head, when he basically flew up to the top rope and hit this Dragon Rana that will make you stop in your tracks and question your life and make you go all internal and go, oh, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't know how they did this. It made no sense. Two plus two equals potato. I mean, seriously, it cannot be legal. It must be witchcraft. So we're going to have to go burn them at the stake and drown them. The Phoenix Smash he did after this too was so damn good that every other single wrestler now has to retire it because you will not be able to do it as well as this. When he launched himself at Omega and Kenny grabbed him, Gave him a power bomb. Oh my days. It's fantastic. We also got the Snapdragon and a V trigger, but when Kenny Omega went for the One Ring Angel, all of a sudden Vikingo was busting out a poison runner that looked like it killed Ken. And when Omega was on the table, yep, Vikingo ran at the ropes and he did a 630 or whatever it is sent on through it. I watched this, no joke, 10 times. And it actually gets more confusing because I don't understand how he pulled it off. This then went off even further as we continue to do things that were not possible. And I beg you to go and watch it because it's so damn fun. When essentially I think Kenny Omega panicked. He's like, oh man, I got to do something here. He got the V trigger and he got a worried one wing and angel and he got the one, two, three. But this for Kingo right away in like 20 minutes is a super duper mega star. It's absolutely brilliant. To the point, I've got to break my system. I know what an absolute idiot I am. My parents have been telling me this for 30 years. It doesn't just get it up. It gets a golden up. But then there was more. Because Omega was about to say something afterwards when the Blackpool Combat Club returned. And because they've got sand in their pants, they started to beat him up, which is what they've been doing all evening. I was then absolutely dying because you could hear an ambulance siren, excuse me, local medical facility wagon siren in the background. When it turned out that Hangman Adam Page it's stolen the ambulance, which once again is a felony. You're not allowed to do that. And when he came to the ring, he had a two by four with a nail in it. I was like, man, I didn't know you could buy them at hospital. He then flew into the ring and obviously the BCC ran away because they don't want a nail in their eye, although John Moxley probably does. When Don Callis approached him and they looked at each other like, whoa, calm down. Because Hangman Adam Page was quite round up though, he was spinning when all of a sudden Don Callis decided well, I'm gonna throw myself to the floor. And I was like, you absolute tyrant. Of course, it was only at this point when Kenny Omega came to and he saw this scene and was like, Mr. Cowboy, what have you done? Even though Paige tried to say, no, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to get rid of the Blackpool Combat Club. Kenny didn't believe him and he left alongside Don Callis. What's this in my pocket? It's a story. Because look what we've done in the last couple of weeks. All of a sudden, we're back to the elite narrative. And much as it did in 2020 or 2021, whenever it was, I am so damn interested. And I know all Kenny Omega has to do is watch the show. But AEW is quite good at that. And I bet they do make reference to it. But what is going on here? Something. I have no idea what it is. 
I mean, I'm such a nerd. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe CM Punk is going to come back with Don Callis. And I suppose that could happen. We don't know. But look at me. What an absolute mess. Up. Which brought us to the end of Dynamite, and this was fire. This was brilliant. Once again, I'm so damn interested to see what's going to happen, and that's all you need to do. WWE's doing it with the bloodline, AEW's doing it with the elite. Everybody keep doing it because then I can do the dance of joy. Giving it up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. There is another video on the screen right now. Give it a click, and also come follow us at whatculture.com. You can't follow us, just look at the website and social media. Uh, it's probably all in the description below. Do whatever you want. My name is Simon Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. I'll see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.